Amen. All right, we're going to preach on the letter of St. Paul mostly. And, well, it's, it might be St. Paul. It's the letter to the Hebrews, and there's, there's questioning on who wrote it. But we're going to say St. Paul today. Um, he says, Do not throw away your confidence, since through the blood of Jesus we have confidence of entrance into the sanctuary. Our confidence is in Jesus. And he says, you need endurance to do the will of God and receive what he has promised. Can we just say endurance? endurance? You need endurance to do the will of God and to receive what he has promised. So what I want from us, family, is a faith, a confidence that endures, that does not go away. And that's the type of faith that we all need to have. Because we know suffering comes, we know trials come, we know persecutions come, but the true faith is going to be the one who endures because as he says, you need endurance to do the will of God. We can do it for a little bit of time, but once something comes and hits us, do we fall or do we stay? We know that persecution comes from everywhere. We're always as Christians as those who love Jesus and are speaking truth into the world, but in a world that rejects truth, we're being persecuted. My homily last week on the pro-life issues, on why abortion is sinful and wrong and murder, that's not easy to say in a world like today. The world is very hostile to us. So I have a story. This past Thursday... I went to Rochester High School. Anyone here go to Rochester High School? No one. Okay, mostly Sterling and Warren Ma and Stevenson, right? Okay, but I went to Rochester High School this past Thursday, and the students at Rochester High School said that they're going to do a walkout from the school to protest that the Supreme Court is most likely overturning Roe vs. Wade. Basically, pro-abortion students saying, I'm getting out of school, I'm leaving school, and I'm walking out in protest against what's happening. Obviously, that's contrary to what we believe. And so some Chaldean kids reached out to me and said, Father, we're also going to do a walkout, but we're going to do it in, um, to defend what we're talking about with life. We're pro-life students, and so if they have their right to walk out as pro-abortion students, we have our right to walk out as pro-life students. And so they asked me, Father, can you come? Can you just support us? And I'm like, absolutely. I don't care what time. I'm coming. So it was 8.30 in the morning, Thursday morning, and I saw the kids walk out. And it was very eerie. It was like how Jesus says, the road to hell and condemnation is wide, but the road to heaven is narrow. I saw over 200 students going to the pro-abortion side, and then this little group of pro-life students, maybe 40 or 50 of them, come on the other side. And the principal and like the, the staff at Rochester High School, they separated them because they didn't want fights or anything. And we, we, we had like about 20 of us, we came out, and we were on the other side of the fence because we couldn't go on school property. And so we have this huge crowd of pro-abortion kids and this little crowd of pro-life students, most of them Chaldean kids. The first thing I want to say is I was so proud of them because 
they were witnessing to life. You know, we go to the March for Life every year in January. We go to Washington, D.C., and that's easy. You have over 100,000 pro-life people. We're all marching together. No one's persecuting us. Everyone's saying, hey, hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade has got to go, like whatever, right? So we're all doing the same thing, and it's easy. No big deal. But these kids were the minority. It's easy to be the majority. It's very hard to be the minority. They had the type of faith that endures through persecution. The second thing is, when these, we stayed till about the end, and I saw the kids going back into school, and I realized, I didn't really notice it initially, that they're all going to go into the same school. And so those kids, those pro-life kids being the minority, they were being looked at, they were being targeted, they were being looked at and said, oh, now we know who you are. Now you've shown your true colors. And what I'm hearing now, I just heard yesterday, that some of the girls at that school, pro-life girls, are being targeted and persecuted on TikTok and social media. They're being bullied in all of these ways. So welcome to the Christian life, right? Isn't this what it's about? And yet, how difficult is it? And so that's why, family, we need endurance. We have faith now. And yet, when persecution comes and when trials come, will our faith stand? But remember, our endurance is in the confidence of Jesus Christ. I want to be the type of priest that endures. Not just, oh, I'll, I'm not going to, I pray, right? I would never leave the priesthood. That's wrong. And yet, I could lose my zeal and my, the fire of the Holy Spirit if I am not grounded in the truth. And so I personally want to be the type of priest that endures. Not just, oh, I'll be a priest for the rest of my life, but I will be for the Lord. We all need endurance. Moms and dads, you know how difficult it is with your children. But you need endurance to continue. We need endurance in our, in our career or in our schools. Students are always telling me, school is killing me. And yet, you need endurance. Some of us need endurance when we're working out. How easy it is to go on a diet or work out for one or two weeks and then we gave it up. I have a quick story. I, seven years ago, ran a half marathon. 13.1 miles of running, right? And um, as I was training, I said to myself, I don't care what my time is, but I just don't want to stop. I, wanna, I just want to keep running and not stop because I want to be the type of person that endures. I remember mile 10 of the Detroit Half Marathon, my knees were killing me. I was like, just stop. My mind is telling me, just stop, give up. Just walk it out. It's okay. Take a break. Take a break from being a Christian. We need the type of faith that endures, that does not give up. We often lose our endurance from discouragement. We get discouraged over things. One temptation that I have that, that the devil speaks to me and says, are you even making a difference? Like, what are you doing? You know, obviously, on Easter Sunday, church was packed. The next week on Divine Mercy Sunday, good morning family, you know, back to it. And yet I think to myself, the devil says, are you making a difference? 
Or we have, we, we do a lot here with our youth groups. And I, I run a basketball league on Saturday nights. And we were preaching to the kids week after week after week, like brotherhood, love, don't fight, have some self-control. And then we have issues two weeks after where our kids are fighting each other. And I could say to myself, and the devil says to you, to me, you're not making a difference. Your work is pointless. Family, parents, you could also feel that. Is what I'm doing making a difference? But we need to go back to the truth and be encouraged and have hope. Romans chapter 5 says, We boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces, say it with me, Endurance. Affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. For the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. Endurance comes from God. Do not lose hope. Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. As I was at Rochester High School, back to our story. I was at Rochester High School, and some of the people I was, I was, held, I was with said to me, and they looked at the pro-abortion students, and they said, they said to me, they'll never change. I rejected that so quickly. That is such a lack of faith, that they'll never change. We heard in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Saul breathing murderous threats on his way to Damascus, ready to kill Christians and persecute Christians. Last week, but God, but God, God showed up. Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, who am I persecuting? It is me, Jesus. Jesus first, family, Take this as, a, as, a, as, a, as an encouragement. Jesus identifies with your persecution, with your suffering. That you, the suffering church, you, the persecuted church, you are Jesus. Saul says, who am I persecuting? It is me, Jesus, who, are you, who you are persecuting. Then he goes blind. And we might think there's no hope for Saul. He's condemned to hell. Jesus shows up to a man named Ananias. Jesus says, Ananias, I want you to go to Damascus and go to Saul. And I want you to lay your hands on him and I want you to heal him. Ananias thinks like us. He says, Jesus, isn't this the one who's been persecuting your your children, your people? Why would I go and heal him? Jesus says, I have a mission for him. He is to be sent to the Gentiles. And it is because of Ananias' faith to never give up on anyone that there's hope for all people. There's hope for our Chaldean community who's so close, 100 yards off the shore. No one is too far gone. We read this at CLC uh, this past Thursday. It was Romans 15.4. And I was like, wow, I'm preaching on endurance, so let's read it. And we're going to conclude with this. For whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, 
that by endurance and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another in keeping with Christ Jesus. Amen.